the twenty-fifth day of the month. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me. John 17, verses 20 through 23. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6. For the next four days, we consider in turn four characteristics of the church set forth in the Nicene Creed. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Today, we pray for the unity of Christ's church. In the face of the practical realities that the world can plainly see, it seems absurd to affirm that the church is one. The body of Christ on earth suffers more divisions than we can count. Just when it seems that one fracture has been mended, another erupts. Taken together, our disagreements cause the world confusion at best, and at worst, scorn mixed with laughter. Therefore, prayer for the unity of the church is an urgent task for all Christians, and in our praying, surely we must ask, what have we and the congregations of our heritage contributed to the disruption of unity? What have we contributed to mutual understanding and progress toward unity? Opening Prayer As you are one, O God, make the people of your new covenant one. Help us to distinguish between what you deem to be essential and what we find to be merely convenient and comfortable. Strengthen us for the hard work of overcoming differences we have wrongly held and cherished for generations disagreements that undermine our efforts to share the gospel message of reconciliation. Bind up the wounds of your church and make it truly one body, through Christ who is its head. Amen. Psalm 133 How wonderful, how beautiful, when brothers and sisters get along. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon, flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing, ordains eternal life. From the book of Genesis, chapter 16, verses 1 through 14. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar, And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord is preventing me from bearing children. Go into my slave. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Cana, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slaves your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, 
Where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Now you have conceived and shall bear a son, and you shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man, with his hand against every one and every one's hand against him, and he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord, who spoke to her, You are El Roy. For she said, Have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. From the ninth chapter of the letter to the Hebrews, verses 15 through 28. For this reason he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, because a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions under the first covenant, where a will is involved. The death of the one who made it must be established, for will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Hence, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment has been told to all the people by Moses, in accordance with the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the scroll itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God has ordained for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus it was necessary for the sketches of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites. But the heavenly things themselves need better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. From the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 19 through 29, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, The Son of Man can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. The Father loves the Son, and shows him all that he himself is doing. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be astonished. Indeed, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whomever he wishes. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not know the Father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but is passed from death to light. 
Very truly, I tell you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has lived in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be astonished at this. For the hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. These are the readings of the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wednesday's Prayer In the middle of this week, good Lord, assure me again of your presence in the midst of life. Renew my strength and determination to do your will on earth, even as it is done in heaven. Save me from self-contentment, from a vision that is too narrow. Enable me to reach beyond my parish into my community, beyond my community into every corner of your anguished world. Help me to see even beyond this world into the vast expanse of your universe, created as a sign of your extraordinary love and of your enduring power. This I ask through Christ, through whom all things were made, in whom all things hold together. Amen. A prayer for the victims of addiction. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevere in love. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Current Ecumenical Text Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 